Asset Radio. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Keel Guard Studios. Aaron Bass Edge Radio set to kick off another fantastic episode. Last episode do jam-packed with information. I think we're packing just as much, maybe even more punch in this episode. So, uh, man, I'm excited. The listeners have a lot of bass fishing ahead of them coming up. No doubt. And as always, Bass Edge Radio is presented by MegaWare Keel Guard. First do-it-yourself keel protector, the battery guard, the flex step, the skate guard, all things MegaWare need to be on your watercraft and certainly can check all of that out at keelguard.com. Kurt, I uh, speaking of Keelguard and MegaWare, uh, <laughs> you might have a future in modeling, you know, I saw Bass Edge <laughs> swag. And certainly that ranks right up there. I'm not sure with what, but uh, it does rank up there. So good job, man. So if anybody has not checked out my modeling career, uh, the the Bass Edge apparel, co-branded, of course, with MegaWare, check it out at the social media handles. We had a giveaway and we are available now all over the website. So go to BassEdge.com, check out the apparel, show your brethren and your sisters (laughs) If you're a lady out there, what we are doing out here at Bass Edge Radio, bringing you the best podcast of bass fishing education available on the media stream, at least in my humble opinion. How about yours, Aaron? Oh, absolutely. I would hope so. Otherwise, uh, we've done this 349 times too many. So just just saying, you know, just just that's right. But uh, well, dude, we got you locked down BFL back to back table rock. What's strategy? Yes, sir. Uh, strategy is to catch 10 bigger than anybody else, and hopefully I can uh, continue to do that. You know, uh, going back to Kyle uh, Cortiana's interview last week, you know, talking about the, the different phases of the spawn in the north, yeah. you know, in kind of going first, uh, I'm adopting a little bit of that. I've been bouncing around, checking out uh, those different areas. I prefer, much like what he said last week uh, or two weeks ago, was that, um, you know, I like pre-spawn. I'm not a proficient bed fisherman. I can do it. I like to do it, but generally that means I'm going to get my butt kicked by somebody else. So I've been throwing a a jerk bait, looking for worse kind of staging suspended fish. Also a swim bait is a major player right now uh, for me. So that's, that's the ticket for me, Kurt. And I understand you're getting ready to get some miles behind you. I am, man. I, I, well, first I've been spending a lot of time out here at Lake Amistad, uh, we've got fish in all stages. Like you mentioned, we got some post-spawn fish. We still have some pre-spawn fish. Even even in late April, we, we've got that pre-spawn thing still happening. I think the whole February crazy cold that went down right. <laughs> you know, has just pushed everything back a little bit. And um, we, we've got all phases going on down here at Lake Amistad. But you're exactly right. Ready to hit the road, headed over to South Carolina, Lake Murray in just a week or so end of april with uh, the third stop of the mlf big five pro circuit event excited about that we got a great guest today by the way we've got the aoy leader it's going to be in our lucas oil angler spotlight today so excited to talk to cole and uh another special guest aaron we've like got a special seg- guest yeah dude this might be maybe try something new going into several episodes here we'll see how it works out but uh, we've got a special guest coming up in the next segment rick emmett uh with drury university 
bass fishing coach. I used to be in the marketing department over there with White River. Huge history in the lures of bass fishing industry. So uh, it's going to be fun to get Rick on the line, talk to him. But uh, man, you got anything else? Or we're going to move into the next segment. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I think it's uh, protecttheharvest.com time, don't you? It is. Y'all stay tuned for this next tip. Always love these little fishing tips. Brought to us by protecttheharvest.com. Then we're going to fire right in with Mr. Rick Emmett. Y'all stay tuned. It's going to be another great show. This episode's protecttheharvest.com tackle tip with MLF Pro Circuit Angler, Kyle Gellis. Hey guys, every year Dry Creek Outfitters hold what we call the Dry Creek Open back home. And it really, it's just a crazy party where the river is broken up into sections. We're all rotating on a, on a time schedule in different zones. And really it's there to remember our veterans. And it's just one of the coolest events that, you know, I've been a part of in my years fishing coming up to the, the pro circuit. And one tackle tip I'd have for you, you know, anytime you're facing those type of conditions or springtime smallmouth fishing is stroking a tube. And one little sneaky trick I've learned from some old school guys is taking an earplug and thread it onto your hook and up into the inside of your tube. And that will help the tail end of your tube float up so it doesn't hang as much in your shell bed. And it also gives you that profile that the smallmouth just can't resist and they'll crush it every time. Great tip, Kyle. Brought to you by protecttheharvest.com. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. got an exciting segment B, you know, a special guest, new bass fishing head coach at Drury University. Rick Emmett is in the house. Rick, man, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Looking forward to this chat. Hey, absolutely, guys. I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah, well, Rick, uh, certainly for the Bass Edge listeners, give a little bit of history, but you and I's history goes way back, and certainly your history as an angler in the industry uh, has has a lot of history there as well. Recently, congratulations, by the way, the latter part of February inducted into the Missouri uh, Sports Hall of Fame, uh, so congratulations on that, but, you know, for most people, they know you as an angler, but they also remember you as more or less building just the pro staff powerhouse 
at uh, Nitro Boats, White River Marine Group. Uh, you know, you had some uh, a lot of responsibilities there, but there is a new chapter and certainly appreciate uh, you carving out time like Kurt had said, but your first 30 days on the job at your alma mater university team wins the Abu Garcia National Championship. I'm guessing there's uh, nothing like setting the bar high. <laughs> well, yeah, it, uh, I told our, our athletic director when I started over here full time that, you know, my goal was to win a national championship and I thought it would come sooner than later. And actually, uh, and thanks again for the Hall of Fame mention in, in my Hall of Fame speech, I mentioned that uh, that was my goal and, and thought it would come sooner than later. And then, you know, a few weeks later, uh, we win one. So uh, it was pretty exciting. And uh, even though, you know, I, I'm full time over here now at Drury, I did uh, coach part time the last five years and and kind of helped build our program, you know, up over the years to where we're a pretty strong program. But it, it was pretty exciting. I I uh, looked like I had a crystal ball or something when I made that comment. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> well, Rick, you know, as you mentioned, you know, now full time there at Drury University, transitioning from essentially what I what I believe is a marketing career, uh, you know, through the White River Marine Group. What was your viewpoint of college fishing before as as you were in that role with White River? And has it changed now that you're kind of more front and center, full time into this college fishing as a coach? Well, we we were always uh, very involved with youth fishing, you know, over at White River and in Bass Pro Shop. And uh, we developed some incentive programs for anglers and uh, discount programs and such. So we we knew the importance of reaching out to the young anglers and developing that relationship, you know, early on, because obviously, you know, those are your future customers. And, uh, you know, uh, coming over and and coaching, you know, I'm now I'm on the other side where I'm actually, you know, trying to recruit sponsorships for the team and instead of being on the other side of it. So I I, kind of see, you know, what our our anglers uh, went through and, and, and holding out my hand now. So <laughs> that is something that you don't have a whole lot of people, I feel like, in the industry that see both sides of that. I've had a little bit of that myself, being an angler and now general manager with Hayabusa Fishing Hooks and kind of seeing that cross reference. What is it you see as the biggest challenge now as a coach and approaching companies to give them a viable marketing plan that actually brings value to a corporation? Yeah, the challenge is, I think for most companies, especially within the industry, is they feel like if they sponsor one program, then a lot of the other programs are going to reach out to them. So they feel like, hey, we sponsor one, we're going to have to sponsor everybody. So that's why most companies do have a discount program for college as well as high school anglers. And and that's the challenge is to get them to see the value of your school. And uh, I'm, I'm bringing in the level of anglers that are going to either be in the fishing industry, that is their goal, or go on and fish at the next level. And uh, so I try to stress that point to to companies that, 
yeah, I understand the challenge, but this is also a great time to get involved with an angler, you know, early on. And uh, if he does have success, then, you know, you've kind of locked him in, for lack of better words, uh, to be loyal to your brand, you know, from from early on. So, you know, that's what I think companies need to look at is not necessarily, you know, offering free product and money to, to all schools that are asked, but you know, keep the keep the opportunities open. If uh, you know you you are going to have anglers that move on to the next level, it's a great time to get involved with them early on. Well, and I would think, Rick, you know, certainly the three of us that's on here right now, all of us in our youth were fortunate enough to be introduced to to fishing. All of us joke that if we would have had fishing in college, we would have probably never gotten out of college. But with all joking <laughs> aside, you know, um, Kurt and I, you know, we're now you're on episode 350, and over the course of the those episodes as college fishing, high school fishing has come about, we're really just now starting to see a lot of the benefits by individuals and youth being involved in collegiate fishing. And and like you speak of, whether they're going on to be in the fishing industry, communication, right, all of the just life skills that's taught uh, college athletes have a lot to deal with when they're going through school. Likewise, um, if they go on to the next level, it's pretty impressive of, of some of the anglers that we've had on here. I, I guess building your program really from the ground up and now winning a national championship in five years, are there important lessons that you're able to explain to these college athletes at Drury that maybe you wish you could have said with more transparency to professional fishermen in your previous job there at Bass Pro, White River, you know, Nitro? Yeah, definitely. Uh, what I teach to these kids is it's very important to promote your sponsors and I actually encourage them to take uh, marketing classes, if not even marketing majors and, and speech classes. And, and you have to be comfortable uh, representing yourself and your sponsors up on stage and be able to talk to, you know, groups of people. If you're not comfortable doing that, then, you know, you don't really have a lot of value to your sponsors. Uh, fishing performance is only a very small part, you know, of a sponsorship. Years ago, guys, you know, relied on their, their fishing performance and uh, they thought that was enough. And that and it's not. Fishing performance is just a small part of it. If you don't move the needle for the sponsor, then, you know, you're, you're really of no value to them. So as you guys know, social media is a huge part of it anymore. So you have to have those skills, be able to promote, you know, uh, socially, as well as up on stage, talk in front of an audience, uh, just represent the brand. And these kids are representing our school as well. So, you know, I encourage they always be on their best behavior. And, uh, you know, just uh, when you're up on stage talking to the tournament director, if he asks you how, you know, you caught your fish, don't say on a hook, you know, promote your sponsors <laughs> and and elaborate and, you know, really help promote the school and, and the brands. Rick, let's take that to the next step. You know, your recruiting of anglers, obviously universities are seeing the benefits let's say a school like Drury, you know, you could take Drury University and all of a sudden set them on the same playing field as the University of Missouri or uh, University of Oklahoma. And now, you know, Drury can become a part of a 
platform that includes some of these larger schools and universities. They're seeing some of these benefits. They're seeing the the marketing benefits through bass fishing. And how do you now go about kind of vetting these athletes, you know, these fishermen, uh, fisherwomen that are looking to come to Drury or, or maybe, you know, some other school that they're looking to go to? What is it that those collegiate fishermen need to provide you to be you know, kind of the A-lister or or somebody that is that is able to get maybe some scholarship money and those types of things through these college fishing programs. Right. Yeah, I look for anglers that, that have the passion. I kind of monitor the high school circuits, and I've reached out to high school youth directors in each state. So I, I kind of follow that almost like, you know, AAU basketball or something. You know, the coaches go to basketball yeah. camps, and you can find, you know, the, the better athletes that way. Same applies for fishing. Also, as we've had success, I've had a lot of anglers reach out to me and approach me. So as you have success, then that, you know, opens up your interest there. But most recently, uh, Bassmaster announced their high school All-State and soon-to-be All-America. And uh, I looked at that list and I reached out to kids on social media and said, hey, congratulations. If, If you're interested in fishing in college, you know, I'd love to speak to you about our program. So you know, there's a lot of opportunities there to reach out to anglers. And like you said, the great thing about college fishing is we're competing against all schools. There's no Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. We're competing against the University of Missouri or the University of North Carolina or, or whatever. So uh, it doesn't matter the size of the school. There's community colleges that have great bass fishing programs. So the opportunity that this is providing the student angler Uh, to get an education and still pursue his passion of fishing is just great. And who who would have thought, I would have never thought, you know, 20 years ago, one day I would be a full-time bass fishing coach. I mean, I couldn't have even imagined it, you know? Well, Rick, I'll I'll take it a step further, and and Kurt, feel free to jump in on this. I never would have thought, you know, all of us love competition, right, and and sports and everything else. I never would have thought that we would have been having a a conversation concerning recruiting classes and recruiting for college fishing teams. And, you know, I I can see the headlines now, just like basketball recruiting just finished here not too long ago. You know, they're going to have a cutoff for signing the next class of of anglers, you know, and and, and letters of (laughs) intent and everything else. So it's it's pretty fascinating of, of where this is is going and where it's came from yeah in fact we have a lot of uh, anglers that do school signings and do sign we send out a letter of intent and and they uh they have a school signing just like the football or basketball recruit was so or does so yeah it's being recognized as you know a major sport uh collegiately even, even though it is uh, still a club level sport which is good we need to keep it that way that way we can still display sponsor logos on our jerseys Kids can fish tournaments on the weekends on their own, not collegiate tournaments, and, you know, win some, win some money that way, where, you know, if it was an NCAA sport, they couldn't do that. Right. I think this opens up, Aaron, to a lot of different wonderful topics that we could dial in on Rick, especially with his uh, amazing career and, and all of the things that he has done inside this industry. But quickly, while we get kind of ready to close this little segment of the show down, Rick, I see it from my personal perspective. Yeah, it's great for a, a school like Drury to go up against the 
UNC Tar Heels and, and some of those things that you mentioned and, and we talked about. But if you could give us a viewpoint from a university's perspective of the benefits of having a college fishing team and the kind of vision of where you see some growth, where we're at now. I mean, how much money is a college scholarship? What's the ability for an angler to get a college scholarship and how much can they expect to maybe see a return on their fishing excellence, you know, throughout trying to go from a high school to a college level program. I mean, is it big scholarship money? How much does it cost for a university to, to fledge one of these programs? Those are all kind of unknowns, I think, to most. And maybe you could shed some light on that for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the school has, uh, has committed to the program to where we are offering scholarships, and, and it varies depending on the student's GPA, ACT scores, and such. But they're allowing me to offer, say, high school championship winners very lucrative scholarships. Right now, it's the winner, winning team will receive $128,000 in scholarships. Wow. Uh, now, that's per team, so it's 64000 uh, per individual uh, over four years. So, you know, the, the scholarships are very lucrative. Uh, I don't know of any school that is providing a full-ride scholarship, similar to maybe a basketball star would or whatnot, but it's over 50% at, at times. And, and I don't like to quote numbers, and our school doesn't sure. like me to quote numbers because it there's too many factors that affect it based on GPA, the students' uh, and parents' financial needs and such. But uh, it definitely makes it affordable to attend our school and uh, maybe provide an opportunity that that may not uh, be provided otherwise. Uh, Drury, is, as you may know, is usually one of the top 25 private universities ranked in the country academically. So Drury is an excellent academic school, and to get a, an education at Drury and a private college with with smaller uh, class sizes and you get that personal attention from the professors, uh, a Drury education goes a long, long ways, and, and people here locally know that. You know, they, Drury has a great reputation. So uh, bass fishing has opened up the opportunity for a kid that may not have qualified to go to Drury to be able to do that. And, of course, it benefits the university. Obviously, you know, college uh, admissions have, have went down the last few years, so Colleges are looking at ways, you know, to offer programs and, you know, get attendance and, and such. So it definitely benefits the, the school because these kids probably wouldn't come to Drury if it wasn't for the fishing program. So, you know, my goal is to grow the program. Right now we have 13 anglers. I want to grow it to 20 to 25 anglers, and that helps the school, you know, with tuition money and such. And uh, we're also one of the few sports in college that gets national TV time. Uh, this uh, national championship we won will air nationally in, in uh, July. We won a tournament last fall on Lake Dardanelle that just recently aired on the Pursuit Channel. So we're a sport that gets national exposure that very few sports, and unless uh, like Drury, if they made it to the national uh, championship basketball-wise, which they've done a few times, that's the only time they would ever get national TV time. So for college fishing to get that is just a, a great opportunity for the school and the school benefits with that exposure. Yeah, it's great branding. 
you know, I've seen some schools, and I don't know where, where the position is with Drury in this and, and love to learn about it real quickly. But uh, like Dallas, I'm, I live in Texas, so I see Dallas Baptist has some boats running around. And you see uh, uh, some of the, the kids like at, at a big school like Auburn, you know, they've got, you know, some boats that I think are helped through the university. How does that process work? I mean, if I'm a youth angler and I love to fish and I've got a 1985 Nitro with a Merc 150 on it, 18 footer and coming into college, man, I'm really kind of concerned about where all this technology is going within the fishing industry and being competitive. Do schools help with that process as well, as far as getting the anglers with, uh, you know, primo equipment? (laughs) Yeah, there's a handful of schools that that have the budget to do that. Unfortunately, Drury does not. Uh, Some of the programs that have been around maybe since day one and they may have a tie-in with where their athletic director tournament fishes and, and understands, you know, the, the value of providing a, a boat uh, the, right. with the latest equipment. And, you know, you, like you say, Dallas Baptist, uh, Auburn, some of these schools have wrapped boats, you know, and, and they're the, the latest uh, models. And, you know, usually a kid can't afford a $75,000 bass boat going to college especially. So that is a challenge. Uh, most of the kids that I uh, bring onto the program either own a boat or their folks own a boat so they can bring uh, one of the latest models with them. I, I will say I am working on something with a local White River Marine Group dealer to provide boats. He's actually reached out to me and I think he sees the value of that. So, you know, my goal is to uh, have some some late model boats provided that are wrapped with the school and, and the dealer's uh, wrap as well. So, you know, that is that is my immediate goal, and I hope that happens soon. But it it's tough that schools don't have, very few schools have budget to do that. Makes that is sense. a little bit of a challenge, but with my uh, industry uh, experience and contacts, I'm trying to use that to my advantage so i hope it works out yeah yeah that's great it's 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 good to understand some of the the challenges from all aspects from from the athlete's perspective to to the coach's perspective to you know working into the marketing programs um obviously the segment of the industry is in a tremendous growth process and has been for the last i don't know seven to ten years probably and uh it's getting to uh, continuing to elevate the sport in a great way man it's awesome for the sport bass fishing no doubt yeah it definitely is and you know it's very important uh going back even to junior high high school fishing as it's growing and in, 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 into college that you know we get our youth outdoors and uh, outside away from playing video games and and such and get them in the outdoors and you know, to me, uh, that is, uh, it keeps kids out of trouble. Uh, rarely ever do you hear of someone that is a fisherman or an angler that, you know, it keeps them off the streets and keeps them out of trouble. So it, uh, you know, it's very important for the industry as well as the kids and, and their families to, to get them involved in the sport. And we're seeing the benefits of that for sure. No doubt. And uh, certainly I think, I, I believe Rick and I think all of us would agree literally changing generations to come and, and just really the trajectory of the sport so uh, unfortunately we're going to shut it down I would like to keep the invitation open to have you on again I think like Kurt had mentioned there's so many different directions that we could go with this and just given your your experience uh, certainly appreciate the relationship that Bass Edge has had uh, with yourself and then uh, White River Marine Group through Nitro and now look forward to helping uh, facilitate the growth of not only Drury University 
but just college fishing in general. So any closing thoughts before we, we shut it down, Rick? Well, I want to say uh, kids that are interested in fishing in college, uh, you know, you can reach out to me. Uh, I will say that with the amount of travel that we do, our season is pretty much uh, heavy on the spring, but we have tournaments in the summer and even in the fall. With all the travel and, uh, you know, we're gone uh, sometimes four to five days with practice that fishing in college is probably the toughest uh, sport to participate in and still keep up with your schoolwork. And I'm proud of our team. Three quarters of the team made the dean's list uh, last last semester and and still fished all the tournaments. So if you you know if you aspire to fish in college, keep your grades up. That's very important. In fact, when I interview an angler, that's one of the first things I ask is what is your GPA? And that's actually some of the kids that maybe uh, wouldn't have kept their grades up by wanting to fish in college. That's helped them. So. Right. It's, uh, you know, it's just a great thing all around for everybody. So Great, Rick. Thanks for spending the time here. Aaron, we got another great interview coming up with our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. We've got a college angler that was a superstar in college and is turning superstar on the MLF Pro Circuit. Cole Floyd going to be with us right after this message. Y'all stay tuned. Pass Edge Radio will be right back. I am Bassmaster Elite Series Angler Patrick Walters. This is MLF Pro Circuit Angler Trevor Fitzgerald. This is BASS Elite Series Pro Brandon Polonay. I am MLS Big Five Pro Circuit Angler Gray Buff. This is 2020 BASS Angler of the Year Clark Winland. Stay right here for more Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Aaron, it seems like we just keep getting the new folks rolling through on the show. No change in this episode either. Man, if listeners look at the top of the AOY standings, they're going to see this name. His second year fishing the MLF Pro Circuit. Look forward to hearing about his angling style and also his journey into bass fishing. Bass Edge Radio welcomes MLF Pro Circuit angler Cole Floyd to the podcast. Thanks for being on the show, Cole. Yeah, I'm glad you guys have me on here. Well, Cole, uh, again, just to echo what Kurt said, thanks for being with us. But uh, here you are on the hot seat, you know, leading the Angler of the Year race, like Kurt had mentioned, after the second MLF Big Five Pro Circuit event this year. What's your thought process right now? Yeah, um, you know, I was actually, I'm actually really surprised, um, you know, especially going to Florida. I've never been, I've never been to Okeechobee. It's a big body of water and, uh, you know, I, I like fishing grass. I like flipping, you know, I like power fishing. So, I mean, it kind of set up, but I know how that lake can really humble you and it can tear you up, you know, for the first term of the year, you know, and, uh, but, you know, to get by that one top 10, you know, I was got the ball rolling, you know, my confidence was up, you know, going into Smith and had a good event there. So, you know, heck, I can't complain the way it's going right now. 
No doubt, Cole. At the at the last event, um, one of your angling peers and I were discussing who caught him after the first day. Naturally, your name came up. He quickly said, Cole is the best angler in this field. Man, it was a comment that kind of took me back at first. But then after the event, I see your, you know, first in the AOI standings, two top tens. You know, what has led you to become the angler you are today? A lot of the young guys in the sport know Cole Floyd, have, you know, kind of watched him grow through his college fishing days. Let me just set the stage here. You had two tough events when you first started the MLF Pro Circuit last year. My kid, right. You came out, I think it was two triple-digit finishes. But, dude, yeah. you have been on a roll, cashed a $10,000 check at minimum in every event since then. And now, after the first two events, again, as Aaron mentioned, you're leading the Angler of the Year standings. Dude, tell me a story. Where are you at? What's going on, Cole Floyd? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always, my thing, I always just say, you know, I get lucky every once in a while. Like, <laughs> That's what Brian Thrift says, too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just some old redneck that likes to fish. So, I mean, I. I really don't feel like I'm that good. I just, you know, I just come across some things every once in a while. But, you know, yeah, I mean, you're right. I, you know, last year I started off kind of slow. And, you know, I have confidence, you know, going into it last year, too. You know, I really don't get too worked up or nervous. You know, after them two events, you know, it kind of just freaking put the nail in the, in the toe. I mean, it kind of hurt, you know. I was like, dang it. But, uh, you know, to bounce back and have some good finishes after that, you know, I kind of got kind of got me some more confidence going and you know coming into this year and having a good event at uh hartwell and the and the all-american and you know right. just just got things kind of back on track and you know and that's the thing you know i got you know some of my buddies are like how in the world are you coming from ohio i mean we don't have many lakes you know and it's a big deer hunting state i'm a big deer hunter you know as, but as, uh as billy mcdonald <laughs> says cole you know you guys take turns catching uh the five fish that live there i don't I, you know, I don't know <laughs> yeah, it is it is like that but i will say we got a couple lakes right here close by they're like 20 minutes away they're they're like 2,000 acre lakes. And, um, I mean, I kind of grew up fishing them, you know, really. I mean, my dad, he's been fishing his whole life and, you know, I fish with a lot of guys, you know, and he's by far one of the best, you know, shallow water guys I've ever fished with. I mean, he, he's got it in him and, uh, if it's any if he can't touch the bottom of his rod, he's he's not catching them. I want to run with that for a second because it <laughs> yeah. appears it appears and and please correct me if I'm wrong, but that uh, both events this year flipping was a big key for you. Is is that your go to right. technique and and what's well, your springtime uh, flipping strategy? Yeah, that's the thing. If I'm going into an event and I just said this the other day to a buddy, I was like, man, if it's a flipping tournament. Even if it's not a flip tournament, if I feel like I can go and catch a flip, and I got more confidence doing that than anything, and I don't know what it is, I just, I mean, my dad, you know, like I said, I mean, he's, he loves a flip. I mean, that's, that's just a thing we've always done, and you know, being around him, he's so good at it and just does it, and you know, understands it all. And I just didn't really take that in, you know. I just kind of thought it was just normal, you know. And now come to these tournaments, it's like, man, maybe I, maybe I can flip with the best, you know. And um, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm the best flipper, but you know, just I think being around him has just helped me so much, and uh, I just understand it. But yeah, I mean, you can catch them dang near year round flipping. I mean, you know, I mean, look at Smith. I mean, there, you know, you got guys throwing shoot real little wine and spin around finesse as it gets about pretty much the whole field and uh i was full 25 pound seagull i mean i i kept the bigger out of my hand and 
which I didn't catch him all doing that, but I felt like, you know, a guy could have done pretty good in that event flipping, which I did, you know, and I, I kind of mixed it with some cranking. But, yeah, I mean, that's probably one of my favorite techniques. I say that, but then again, they'll be eating a frog or something. I, love, I just like power fish. I like fishing shallow. And a lot of guys, you know, they look at me as a deep water, which I feel like I'm I'm pretty strong at that, too, just because I've, lear- I've had to learn it myself. You know, I was never really taught anything you know live on kentucky lake that's where i learned how to do all that so it's well, key to be versatile in yeah, this game no, no doubt about it but it's also key to know your strengths and when you're not right you know when things are on the line you go with what you know and and dad taught you mm-hmm. well apparently <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, I heard sure. he's got a he's got a little reputation up there in the bfls and and uh the local yeah. tournament scene tell me a little bit about your roots and and where you come from your dad you know helping you uh kind of form mm-hmm. you know you as a youth angler and and now as a you know still a, a very young angler in the sport um right. what, what was kind of his where's his process at in all this um i mean he's been fishing his whole life and uh you know i got two brothers so we've always man i mean going back to the days the good old days we always used to make trips down to kentucky lake and uh i just bring this up because it's, it's just Thinking about it, it was, I mean, it brings back good memories. We used to go down there and we'd have four of us in the boat. It would be me, my dad, and my two brothers. And it was just, I mean, there's baits being flown. I mean, we'd go there and just flip. I mean, we'd go there in springtime with logs and bushes and flip all day. And, and the funny thing is, I was the one that was always on the dang tip nose of the boat, like the little rubber piece. <laughs> right. I was always up there trying to get the first flip in. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those was good times, you know, starting out like that and just fishing. I mean, he got us into. You know, fishing tournaments, we, heck, we always fish since I can remember. I mean, we're little kids fishing, and we were fishing tournaments when we were real young, you know, with him, and he just kind of got us in, you know, going with that, and it's kind of just went from there, you know, and he got a house down at Paris for me to stay at, you know, to go to college down there, so that was pretty sweet. You went to Bethel, yeah, I mean, right? right, correct. Yeah, yep. go to the Bethel group. We had Cody Huff on earlier this year, and... Uh, yeah. You know, part of yeah, the he's a good buddy of mine. Yeah, lot he's he's rooming with me this year. Okay. Very yeah, cool. that's pretty cool. All right, so I was doing some search. You brought up Kentucky Lake. We're going to dive a little, yep. little bit further into Kentucky Lake. <laughs> Dude, your record yeah. on Kentucky Lake is ridiculous. Uh, obviously, you know, fishing Kentucky Lake, you talk about being a shallow water guy, power fisherman, enjoy that. Right. Um, we all know Kentucky Lake, especially in the heyday, Tennessee River fishery, ledge fishing is the first thing most people think about and for Kentucky Lake. We know it's a great flipping right. lake, you know, catching yep. fish on a frog and the yellow flowers in the spring. Another great fun, you know, I'm sure you have mm-hmm. lots of memories on Kentucky yeah. Lake with that as well. Oh, yeah. But um, the shallow water thing, do you do you like fishing deep too still or, or is it um, – how that – yeah, I do. Like I said, I you know when I first moved down to Kentucky Lake, I didn't have a clue of anything about ledge fishing. I've always just wanted to do it, it was something different. And I was hearing everyone how they caught so many bass out there doing it. And first couple of years, it was just learning. But I, you know, I put 500 hours on the boat. You know, five, six hundred hours on the boat on Kentucky Lake every year. And you know, I was out there day near every day. And I learned how to ledge fish on my own. And I feel like that helped me out more than anything. Cause I kind of just like created my own, 
playbook, I guess you'd call it, of lead yeah. fishing. Like, I, I look at it different. I don't know. Because I've been with people, and it's like, I don't know. I look at it different, you know? And I think so it's helped me out it? more, Let's you know? Let's dive into that. How, do you, how are you looking <laughs> well, at it when you're playing this uh, I'm not going to get too far in depth with it, but uh, <laughs> I just kind of I kind of lay it out there. You know, I just I look for the key thing is I look for, you know, everyone's they always, you always hear about these community holes. And, and it's hard, you know, the way graphs are these days, you know, electronics, it's just hard to find anything to yourself. And, you know, I'll I'll go to an event, for example, Pickwick. I've never been there before. And this was a few years ago when we went down there for the they had that collegiate national championship down there and uh yeah, i think it's the boat us yeah yeah, yeah. the boat us we won that you know a couple of years and going on that deal like like i said i've never been there and i think that helped me more than anything i didn't have a waypoint on my grass never got no help or nothing and i i feel like that helped me out more than anything just i go out and look for the most dumbest stuff i can find on my graph on my map if that makes any sense just off the wall and the thing is it's not easy i'll spend a whole day just to try to find one place you know instead you know you could be looking at the most you know looking at the obvious stuff you know turns ditches and stuff like that you know you find a bunch of fish but i'll go out and look for and and the thing is when i say look for sometimes i don't even know why they're there like i find stuff i'm just like why are they even there and it's over time it's become i've just kind of get an eye for it a little bit you know and that's that's helped me out more than anything just learn on my own i think but you know going back to Tucky lake you can catch them in a foot of water i've caught them in a foot of water i mean cold cold water i mean them suckers will get deep they'll get shallow so it's kind of helped me to be versatile and be able to fish a little bit of both very cool very cool All right, guys, it's time to power pole down here for a short breath. We're going to be right back with more from MLF Pro Circuit Angler, Cole Floyd. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the power pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, power pole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, power pole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. Power pole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio presented in part by ProtectTheHarvest.com returns with MLF Pro Circuit Angler Cole Floyd in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil High Performance Marine Products. Be sure to visit the BassEdge.com store for free shipping on all Lucas products. It works. Cole, I don't want to belabor the Kentucky Lake bit that we had in the previous segment, but uh, I got to ask, you know, a lot of highs and lows going on with the fishery down there with the Asian carp infestation and all those styles. I saw they had a BFL there earlier this spring, took some decent weights. You know, do you have any, you know, inside knowledge on on how things are progressing down there with that situation? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, you're right. Um, I got a bunch of buddies, you know, from just being down there at Fish That BFL, and and I talked to a lot of them. My good buddy Marty uh, Sisk, you know, he he won that deal, and you know, I talked to a lot of them, and they said, you know, the numbers were good. You know, yeah, it has the Asian carp have put a dagger to it. Um, I truly, everyone has their own opinions. Um. I think grass is really, really key on that lake. I mean, it's kind of key on any lake, but that's something about that Tennessee River. When it has grass in it, it just makes it 
whole lot better fishery and you know the last couple of years i was there you know the water came up in the spring and they didn't drop it out on the fish you know you know that happens a lot on the kentucky on kentucky lake you know it's a flood control lake it's it's the bottom of the tensure they can flood it you know they can it doesn't really affect it as much and it lays real flat so i mean in the spring you know we'll have these the water will rise and it'll be water temperature be about right you know they'll pull up there and they'll they'll start laying their eggs you know and they'll drop the bottom out well last couple of years it's they've actually kept it up and we've had some really really good spawns i mean really good spawns and i noticed there's a lot of numbers of just you know that 12 to 14 inch size fish and you know that's everything i mean so i feel like you know next year or two i feel like we got some numbers coming back and that's what we needed i mean we we're kind of down on them we had a lot of just older fish that were still hanging around and that's why you know you're seeing a lot of just really really big bags not many of them 12 13 14 pound bags so So, i don't know the future is looking good well i want to shift gears on you uh here a little bit cole often kurt and i hear of successful veterans you know mention they just don't fish as much for fun they like to kind of stay hungry by you know, not overdoing it or get burnt out by recreational fishing. As a younger angler, do you, you know, fish a lot outside of the competitive scene and the, and the tournaments that you compete in? Um, well, now that I'm in Ohio right now, uh, now I haven't fished a whole lot like I should be. So actually my dad, they just got a place down at Cumberland. So I'm going to start going down there. I'm actually going to jump in that Toyota series coming up here at Dale Hollow. But anyways, yeah. I don't think you go wrong. As a young angler, I feel like you got to put as much time on the water as you can. Like I said, I mean, they're shoot four or five years. I spent, I'm not going, I'm not lying. I mean, dang near every day on the water if I could. And that helped me out more than anything. You know, I've kind of slacked. I haven't really spent as much time, you know, and on the water like I used to, just for some fact I'm here in Ohio. We still got ice and stuff to haul out and stuff. So. <laughs> but I'm actually kind of itching to, like I said, you know, going back, I'm a huge deer hunter. I've I've been shed hunting, looking for antlers and stuff here lately. But I'm kind of itching to get back on the water after, you know, just being at Smith and having Okeechobee, a good tournament there. I'm kind of wanting to wet a line again. I hear that. Cole, you know, everyone wants to win championships. I always like to talk to young anglers about goals and aspirations. And, and I feel like, you know, we hear about the championships, the AOIs, those kinds of things. Really want to dive right. in a little bit further with you. What do you see as goals overall in the industry? Do you have any aspirations or certain visions that maybe sponsorship-wise or, or you know, something that the general angler wouldn't really be just privy to? Because, of course, we want to win the next tournament at Murray coming up here right, in, right. In, in a couple of weeks. And, and, of course, you know, you want to win the AOY, you know, at the end of the year. You want to win the title. You want to qualify for the BBT, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But – can you take it a little bit farther for maybe a vision that you've got for Cole Floyd going forward? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not real. I'm not a veteran at this at all, you know. Uh, in the sponsor game, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm kind of that's all kind of learn learning curve for me. So, you know, some of my goals, you know, going this year, I was just and you know, following years is just I, I like to understand that a little bit more the sponsor side of things you know you you know it's come to be that time i I need to kind of you know before i never you know i just went fishing you know you know when i was in college stuff i never thought nothing about it you know and and i still do but you know just getting everything figured out on that that end of the of the fishing you know that's that's another end then i need to figure out a little bit more understand a little bit better but uh yeah i mean going you know this year 
I you know, I told my brother and buddy that I want to win Angler of the Year bad. You know, that's one of the most that's a really hard task to accomplish in uh sure. you know, in fishing and that's something I've always wanted to do. You know, I've I've been lucky to win it three years in a row and you know, LBL division on Kentucky Lake and it was kinda of sad to not fish, you know, moving back here and being away and fishing other tournaments, you know, I wasn't able to fish try to make it four years in a row and I'm kinda of one to one <laughs> right. angle of the year and something. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean I, you know, to win an event, I'm just gonna kinda of let that play out. If it happens, it happens. Uh I just gotta put my place myself in the right places, you know, which I have the last couple of events. I just haven't finished them out completely, but how about some bait designs? You got any flipping baits you're gonna design for us? <laughs> I know, I, I know. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those guys that's just, I love, a, I just like a creature bay. I like to keep it simple, green pumpkin, you know, just, I don't, I'm not, I'm pretty simple as it comes to baits, right. you know, right. but, uh, it seems like guys that just fundamentals of the game, but concentrate on something yeah. specific and, and when it's working, right. it's working. And if, when it's not, they, they lean on something else that they have some great experience in and time on the mm-hmm. water. As you mentioned, man, yep. you, you spent, Years and years and years, six hundred hours in one right. year, dude. That's that's some time right there, brother. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just on my boat. It's hard to tell. I've put some on dad's boat. You know, I'll switch out, switch boats. I put a lot of hours. I mean, you can ask anyone. I mean, I put. I definitely put my time on the water, and that's everything. You know, and and it helps you get more confidence in different techniques. And you know, I'll, I'll go out there. You know, one day I might throw a float worm all day. You know, in the springtime instead of flipping. Just try to get some confidence and, you know, that's key. You know, I mean, you got to be able to, you got to be able to switch it up. If you can't switch it up, you know, it's, it makes it a lot more harder to tackle tournaments, you know? So it's been fun diving into the brain. We're going to dive into your brain on a listener question. Uh, this part of the episode is presented by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. We got a question in from a guy, Braden Wiley. Interesting question here. Hopefully, Cole, you can help him out with your thought process. He says, on my bait caster, he's got 25-pound braided line to a 12-pound fluorocarbon leader. He's using a double uni knot. When he gets a lunker, it breaks off. He says, I've got my drag turned down enough to where it shouldn't, but it comes untied from the braid. Please help. You think it's his line size that he's using, he asks? Do you think if he he's thinking about going down in his leader <laughs> size because maybe 25 yeah. pounds too low for the braid? What kind of tips can you give him for fishing the braid to fluoro? Is that something that you use a lot, maybe in pressure um, fish? What's your I thought will process? Say, yeah, yeah that's, that is a good question. Um, the only time I really I, – I've tried that braid the floor on like bigger tackle so bait caster you know flipping and doing that things in grass and stuff and i've tried to make it work and i've never i've never been able to make it work and you know you have 25 braid the 12 pork i mean it's just it's so much there's it's just when you're using it on a bait caster and there's not much for some reason if it was me i would either just switch to straight it depends what you're doing if, if you're fishing grass i'd I change the straight just braid. I put some heavy braid on there, fifty pound, no less than fifty pound. If you're throwing on bait caster, if you're not fishing grass, I'll just straight fluorocarbon. And uh, you know, and on my on my spinner rod, on my spinner setup, you know, I'll run 
I run leads all the time. That's about, that's all I ever do now, you know? And, right. and I feel like it works a lot better just for a simple fact. You got that good smooth drag, you know, when I have my bait caster set up, I usually have the drag cranked all the way down, hammer down. Right. That's just how I've always been. And I don't know. It just seems like, and, and you know, like I said, I've tried to make that work, that braid the floor on a bait casting setup. I don't like to jerk real easy. And I always seem to break them off. And, you know, sounds like he's having the same problem. I mean, I'm trying to answer his question. Uh, <laughs> right. hands, but I'm either either straight braid or straight fluorocarbon. But if I'm, if I'm using a spinner rod, I'll use braid the fluorocarbon. Well, very interesting. That's, that's usually how I, I, I use think one of the yeah, I think one of the big things about the, the spinning rod deal is that a lot, you know, we're pull hook setting a lot into that, whether it's right. know, wacky rigging or even, mm-hmm. you know, shaky head fishing or or drop right. shotting doing a lot more pulling into the fish because we're using finesse right. style presentations. The hooks are thinner. You know, you can just pull it in just like a needle would push into your skin. Whereas if you're using mm-hmm. a bait caster, you're using a thicker wire yeah. hook. You need, like yep. like Cole said, you know, put the steel to him, right? He's setting the hook hard. He doesn't want to have to yep. lay off. And and a lot of times when you, when you have that kind of shorter leader, I don't want to say leader length, the shorter distance between the power from the hook set and where the fish is that you're setting the hook on, if it's close, it's going to take a lot of impact on that. Right. You, yeah. I didn't miss out on that part. That, you are exactly right on that. It's a lot at one time, you know, I mean, right. so yeah, I mean, so, it, that is a, that's, that's a tough question. That's a good it question, is. Though. Yeah, it's I would, a good I would, question. I would say uh, Braden also. That's probably more for like Seth Fighter. Seth, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does he, he does he that. Does. He, he does that. And I I don't know if it's the knot. I don't even know what knot I tie. I forget what the knot I even tie is. I, it works. But I forget what it's even called, to be honest with you. But I've tried to do it and just sweet, you know, just sweet. And I'll probably, I might mess with it some more sometime when I, you know, the time, when I like to use it, I think it works. I like it when there's some grass and the fish are pressured. You know, I want to get by with some braid fluorocarbon, but uh, it scares me. I've had, I've had it a couple of them times. It's just, it's failed on me, and it's just, I feel like it's just so much, you know. But, yeah, I mean, that is a good question. That's a really interesting question. Well, Cole, certainly we appreciate you helping uh, Braden out. It sounds like it was the perfect question because you share his pain and, and sometimes frustration. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, Braden, there is one more thing that we need from you, and that is to log on to BassEdge.com. Click the Claim Your Prize tab. Fill out the information so that we can send out uh, the Bass Edge gift to you. And as always, a reminder, go to BassEdge.com to submit your question to be heard on the show. Just simply click the Ask the Pros tab. And if your question is chosen, we'll be sending you a gift from Bass Edge Radio. Well, Cole, uh, thanks for being on the show. Before we close down the yeah. interview, any uh, closing thoughts um, for the Bass Edge Nation? Well, first thing, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on here. Had a good time talking to you guys, talking some fishing. You got me fired up. I'm wanting to go. I'm sitting inside. It's like 45 <laughs> out, blowing about 30. So I'm kind of wanting to go fishing now. But, you know, I, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, look for the rest of the year. Got things started off right. So I cannot complain. You know, I'm hoping to be back on here again sometime, maybe for a tournament win or, you know, angle of the year or something like that. But, you know, you got to dream perfect. big and hopefully everything falls in place. You bet, Cole. Well, man, it was great catching up with you here on the show. Good luck on that AOI run. We'll see you soon over there at Lake Murray. Stay here, Bass Edge Nation. We're going to return after this quick message. 
know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard Keel Protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWear Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWear Keel Guard. The PowerPool Charge Marine Power Management Station is the most advanced system of its kind available on the market. It does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system all in one compact unit. The charge lets you run your boat's accessories the way you want to run them by allowing you to monitor and control your power usage through the PowerPole app. It automatically devotes power to the batteries that need it the most for maximum efficiency. The new charge from PowerPole. Power where you need it. Power how you need it. Power when you need it. Be at home with nature with nature-inspired art, decor, and gifts by Wild Wings at wildwings.com. Explore art prints and canvas wraps of bass, trout, walleye, muskie, and more by acclaimed artists like Mark Sassino. I primarily paint underwater scenes of game fish and usually in a fishing situation, going after prey or going after a lure or a fly. I get asked sometimes whether I like fishing better or artwork. It would be tough to give either of them up. I can't really think of a good reason to give either up, so I'm going to stick with them. Make your home, office, or cabin show off your passion for angling. Visit wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge and sign up for an exclusive offer to Bass Edge listeners of 10% off your next order. Give something special to your loved one and be at home with nature. Visit wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge. That's wildwings.com backslash Bass Edge to get 10% off your next order of nature-inspired art, decor, and gifts by Wild Wings. certainly want to just give another shout out to both Rick Emmett, uh, now the official head coach of Drury University, building the, the next powerhouse. National right? champion. Head national coach. champion. Head coach. <laughs> national. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. National champion. Hall of Famer. Coach. Hall of Famer. Right. Um, and then also uh, certainly having Cole on. And my understanding is, uh, you know, he, he comes by it naturally. He's, he's got a pretty good uh, mentor that he's had to put him in this place. Aaron, so so uh, I had heard, you know, that his dad, um, Steve Floyd, was was pretty savvy, let's just say, and uh, I didn't really do any research. So after we got off, you know, because I, I kind of talked about it briefly in the interview with Cole and kind of pushed that button a little bit, we didn't get dive too much into his dad's bass fishing past or whatever. But uh, while we're away at break, I went ahead and Googled it up. Steve Floyd is Cole's dad, obviously from the same town there in Ohio, Leesburg, Ohio. He won a Toyota series on Kentucky Lake in the flipping months, you know, late April. Complete domination of the Ohio River in the mid to late 90s. Dude, every article you see, he's holding up some kind of beaver style flipping bait or something. So when Cole has this naivety of, man, I just kind of do my flipping thing. Dude, he was in diapers I was gonna say, and his dad. Yeah, is- <laughs> he, he didn't have a choice. I mean, he was going to That's be right. a good flipper. Dude, what he 
doesn't know, you know, I say he doesn't know, he, he knows is, you know, but what he didn't know when he was growing up and he's gaining all this knowledge and just secondhand ability because he's with his dad, who's a freaking hammer. Right, right, uh, right. So, yeah, totally awesome, dude. And great interview with Cole. Cool to see how the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. And, uh, man, wish Cole the best of luck this year, man. I know that uh, there's going to be some times when maybe he's got to put down the flip stick, but it's gotten to him where he's at so far. And obviously, man, I feel like, you know, from his peers that I've talked to, He's one of those guys, man. You know, Jordan Lee, Brian Thrift type. Man, I don't know. I just went fishing and I caught the crap right, out of him. Right. You know, and Cole's going to be one of them anglers. So it was great to have him on the show, especially early in his career. So uh, I think he mentioned to us, didn't he say, man, this is one of the first media deals that he's done. So Yeah, it was. It was. And so uh, always exciting. It'll be uh, very interesting to turn back, you know, and, and kind of listen to this. As so many times, Kurt, we've seen on here, you know, many guests that we had early in their career and then uh, yeah. two or three years later you go back and listen to how much that they have matured and also won I mean it's a performance based business right but uh, speaking of performance based business all of us have some things that we want to do and I'm sure hopefully Bass Edge Nation gets to get out there and enjoy the water before I let you go certainly Kurt and I want to thank each and every one of you for hanging out with us here on Bass Edge Radio and uh, in the meantime be sure to check out BassEdge.com tips videos articles and certainly the BassEdge.com store where you've got the uh, pure clean descaler now the uh, bass edge swag merchandise hat uh, co-branded with mega wear keel guard but certainly stay up on all things bass edge through our social media so for kurt dove i am aaron martin and we look forward to talking with you next time episode 351 so long everybody is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. <laughs>